This is Colin Shots. I'm Seth Partnow, and today the uh, the Colin is coming from inside the house. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been threatening slash promising to have uh, my wife, my own Partnow, join the join me on a podcast. Basically, f- since I started doing podcasts, um, and I figured now that we have this pause in the playoffs, uh, sort of recovering from her for two months of sports widowhood, uh, tonight would be a good time to bring her on before we dive fully into the finals tomorrow. So, hi, how are you? I'm I'm good. I'm upstairs in the room above you, like yeah. you just saw me 45 seconds ago. But thank you. For, for those of you who are listening, I'm great. Thank you for asking. And I was actually going to ask you, uh, why, why now? Why tonight? After so, after promising and teasing so much for so long, here we are. You've put me on the internet. Um, well, there's, I don't know if there's a good answer to this question, so I'll just give the truthful answer. Um, this this is the the first time I've done a podcast more than once a week, so. Oh, oh, I see. I'm just filling a content hole. This isn't this isn't about you sharing the genius of your brilliant, talented, charming wife with the world. This is you going, oh, shit, I have to do some podcast show. I guess I better get my genius wife on the line. Yes. That's how it went down. Okay, that's basically how it went down. Okay, got it. There's no question about that. Um, Good. So. I guess we should start with with the experience of being married to the NBA during during certain times of year, um, since that's since the hole in that is sort of what we brought in here. Uh, that's what we'll kick off with, and then I'm sure we'll go any number of, of places. And people have been asking you questions on Twitter, so yes, start with that question from me, uh, and I know the answer, but whatever. And then uh, we can you can we can move on to topics of your choosing from the uh, from the internet. Okay, so the, the question is the experience of of being married to the NBA. Um, it, correct? Was that the question? Roughly? Yes. Okay. Um, well, like I think about eight years ago, I wrote a a piece for I don't remember if it was hardwood paroxysm or I think that's um, right. Yeah, about about what it's like to be uh, an NBA widow, and and I prefaced it with the same thing I'm going to say here, which is that, you know, the term sports widow, in addition to, like, being a little sexist, is pretty insensitive to people who are actual widows. Um, so, like, I think it's important to just say right off the bat, like, it's not like you died and are not coming back. Um, it's just, it's more like you're having an effect. It's like we have an open marriage <laughs> with, um, with the with the NBA with the... with basketball in general because here's the thing it's not just the NBA because let us never forget the summer of what was it 2014 2016 I don't know when we got through the NBA playoffs or we got through March Madness we got through the NBA playoffs we got through the draft we got through I don't even remember like the start of the WNBA season and like got to a place in the summer where there was like no basketball for the first time ever and I was like oh my god amazing no basketball and you're like cool time for the World Cup of basketball to start <laughs> the <Yeah>. fuck <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah that happened 
Anyway, uh, um, uh, so, let, let me let me deflect. Uh, we have we have Preston has a question, so let's go right to that. Oh, a real question like, from an yeah, actual just, listener. Yeah, that's just, a good just, idea. It's just, like, just, just the name of the app is all. That's yeah, fine. just just and just like head off the the rant at the past before it goes. I was just like getting his, warmed up. Yeah, I know, Preston. Please uh, save me. Uh, uh, hit the mute button to your your to the bottom right of your screen there. Hello, Preston. Mm-hmm. Okay, Preston's, well, Preston, Preston can't help you now. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Uh, so where were you? I don't care. Um, uh. Okay, so I had <laughs> I had prefaced. I had just like done the warm up on my tight ten on NBA Wife Life. Um, it, it, here here's what I'll say now, like that we've gotten the like important caveat of it's not really being a widow out of the way. Like, um, being married to someone who works for an NBA team in my experience is like a living nightmare that also comes with really amazing perks. Um, and, uh, and I don't, you know, who knows what like the future holds for us. We have no idea. Like I am very happy right now um, with two young children that you are no longer working for one NBA team because it is, I think people who have not been in it, don't really realize like how kind of all consuming it is. Um, especially at like, you know, for example, like our anniversary is July 2nd. Um, and this year, right. I mean, it's not as here. Mia Horst, who is married to John Horst, who is, she's a lovely woman. Um, and just super, super sweet. And her birthday is July 1st. Um, a, a birthday that I'm sure she will never get to celebrate with her husband again, the poor woman. Um, so that's worse actually. Um, it, it, you know, but like, it, it, there's like different levels of being married to a person who's married, who's also married to the game. Um, oh. and I really feel a little bit betrayed because when we started dating, you were a lawyer and a baseball fan. I, I, I don't the, like th- those are true <laughs> statements, but but uh, but I was I was always a bigger basketball fan than I was. Yeah, but that was like it was like it, it, it was it was not on the surface. Like people who don't know you in person probably don't realize that like when we started dating, it's not as true anymore because you eventually like got a grown up job and you know had to get dressed for it. But like when we started dating, when you were a lawyer, um like the world's greatest bait and switch um like pretty much every article of clothing in your casual wardrobe had the words red and socks on it right like and um listeners may not be aware like seth's dad is from his dad's family's from boston like his dad is like deeply deeply like there are there are more diehard red Sox fans perhaps um but he's like elite tier um and so it was just like all baseball and then um and then we moved in together and then we got married and then we had a baby and right after our daughter was born seth was like oh by the way i'm super into basketball and there's this basketball analytics that's uh the data is available now so i think i'm just gonna play around with it a little bit in my free time i feel like there's 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 some uh i mean you were aware of 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 sort of my basketball. I mean, that's how we, you know, met various people like, 
you know, our, our other friends who, who have and, and continue to work in the NBA, like Keith Boyarski of the Raptors and Alex Rucker, formerly of, of the, the Raptors and then 76ers. Like we met them through a very like involved fantasy basketball league I was in that I was like already in when we met. And then- See, but that was like, again, um, the, you always refer to them as your poker friends. Not in the basketball. Never. I knew that they like you went to summer league. You like sat in the stands and acted like assholes and placed two dollar bets, um, and then all went on to become league executives, which I find hilarious. Um, but uh, but it never. It was always kind of like, oh, basketball is a hobby, and then it was like, oh yeah, Keith and Rucker are kind of like doing this math stuff. You know, it might be a thing, and then um, oh, I might also do some of the math stuff, and then boom, we're moving to Wisconsin to do the math stuff all the time with the basketball, which is now uh, the very essence around which our family gravitates. That's fair. Although we should add that um, you were the person who decided I was getting a job with the team before I, I even like would countenance that was a real possibility at a certain well, point, and which yes. is, you know, at a certain point, like, okay, you're spending, you're spending so much time on this. You're getting hired by a team. It's like, right. Uh, I mean, like, I? we <laughs> all know who the brains of the operation is, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I saw the writing on the wall and I don't know if it was more like, oh, well, obviously this is going to lead with a job to a job with a team or more like this had so better lead to a job with a team. <laughs> and I think it was a lot, a lot more of that. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, surprise, you can, in fact, turn messing around with basketball data into a career. And still, when I like, I was on a, um, a call with some other people uh, for a different podcast that I contribute to earlier today, and it came up what you do. And people are like, That's a, it's a real job. It is. It's a real job um, that you I mean, somehow kind have. Of, good, kind good of. Good job, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a real job. Like, good it, good it, job it, following your, your bliss. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, where, so that's, that's how we got here, I guess. Um, large moving trucks moved us from Alaska to here, but, yeah. um, I, I, there was probably a boat involved at some uh, point for, for, for the car, I imagine. Um, yeah. So you, you have, so you are, you have been sort of a thing on basketball Twitter, an underground, (laughs) an underground star on basketball Twitter, if I, if I can say for a while now. So what are some of the things that, uh, that, that, that. The, the people um, tend to ask of you. Um, I can say this, that, that multiple times when I like kind of meet someone in person for the first time who I kind of, you, you know, we have, we have these online friends and it's like, oh, good to meet you. You know, your wife is much funnier than you are. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a near monthly occurrence for me. So uh, what do your fans ask of you? What do my fans ask of me? Um, you know, if we're talking about NBA Twitter, uh, you know, mostly the same things they ask of anyone. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, do you like pineapple on pizza? Um, what is wrong with you, depending on what answer you give to either one of those questions? Um, no, you know, I feel like uh, my I'm my role, my role in our relationship on Twitter is, um, first of all, I I was on Twitter first, long before you. I dragged you kicking and screaming into social media. You're welcome, nerds. Um, and now, of course, like I'm like I'm I'm your I you know 
what's what am I like standing in the shadow of your Twitter greatness? Um, something something like that. You've you've gone gone on to become like a a Twitter mid mid tier Twitter heavy hitter. Um, well, I am. I feel like more of an indie darling, if I may. I'm like the I'm like the Rilo Kylie of NBA Twitter, maybe. Um, some of you got sure. that reference. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, um, mostly the, the kinds of things that people want to know from me on, on NBA Twitter are like, um, why are you so awesome? And, um, how did Seth manage to land you? It's just, um, seems like, He's really punching above his weight in a lot of ways. And um, how can I be more like you? Uh, just normal, normal, nor- the kind of questions that people ask me in general in my everyday life. I don't even know where to go from there. Yeah. Um, also, today someone asked me uh, to name my top five glitter colors without uh, without thinking. And I think, you know, first of all, it's important to say um, that glitter is, uh, something that we all need to think really carefully about. Um, as much as I love it, it's also basically just, it's microplastics. Um, so as the world transitions, hopefully to more well, bio can, glitter, can, once I, we- can I, can I break in there just for a second? Also glitter is dangerous. Uh, our, our, our children like glitter. There were more than one everyone occasion. likes glitter. There Seth. were more than it's there biological. Were, there were more than one occasion where I would like come home for a little bit uh, before a game, put my suit on, go to the game, get to like the uh, the 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 box where the front office was watching the game, and one or more of my coworkers would see, Seth, I like the glitter in your beard. So that was a that was a regular thing because once it's there, it's impossible to get rid of. And so I was the like, herpes of the craft world. Um, the answer to the glitter question is, uh, in order, red, blue, hollow silver, uh, multi pink. Those are my top five glitter colors. Um, and I think it's really generous of you to, um, to assume that that glitter came from our children and not the other adult (laughs) in the house. I mean, there's, there's multiple, it could have come from one of the cats, to be honest. I mean, they... You know. Cats, cats don't have thumbs, Seth. They can't open glitter cans. But I'm saying they they opened it, but they perhaps got into it and spread it. But, listen, it's truly it is truly a biological like feature of being a mammal that we are attracted to sparkly things because sparkly things look like water. So our like base survival instinct is looking for water, the water that we need to survive. Um, and then that translates, you know, that like uh, extrapolates, I guess is probably a better word, into um, things like glitter, diamonds, big fan of those too, you know, like all the kinds of sparkly things. They're tapping into that core instinct that we have to look for sparkles because sparkles literally indicate the presence of life-giving substance. So let me let me pull a, a 180 here. Uh, this is a question that, that I've... I don't think I've ever gotten a straight answer from you on it. I've gotten like the the arch angry answer, but I, I don't. <laughs> um, is is um, you were like at times in your life you have been a basketball fan. Like you went to you went to college in Portland in the in 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 sort of the 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 Scottie Pippen Arvita Sabonis days, and were a fan of that team. But you were like from a sports standpoint, you were prior to 
us getting together, you were more of a baseball fan and sort of a basketball tolerant person. What are your thoughts on basketball now, other than what you've already given us in terms of, of, <laughs> of my involvement of, with basketball, like basketball as a sport? What are your, um, I mean, where are you at with this? I am Catholic and I'm from Alaska. And, you know, those of you in the know know that those are, um, you know, constituencies that are big basketball people. My, my godfather, his family, um, huge, huge basketball fans. Um, and, um, and so I, you know, I kind of was around basketball growing up. I played in the pep band in high school, um, where I was like one of the leaders of what we call line club, uh, where like when there was, uh, uh, when our team was shooting a free throw, the cheerleaders would stand on the sideline and like, you know, waggle their fingers at the basket and we would all run down and stand behind them and waggle our fingers too. Um, and then run back in the stands before they turned around. Um, and then uh, I will say in college, uh, I, I went to a division one college. I went to the university of Portland. It has one of the worst basketball programs in the NCAA. Um, so I did not really go to any basketball games in college. Um, Chooks Nebo drove me home from a party one time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would say I, I was. So you mentioned Scottie Pippen. Um, I was living in Portland in college the year that Scottie Pippen um, came to the Trailblazers. And that was like a big, you know, it was even I was like excited about that because I was, a you know, I had been a kid in the 80s and 90s. Like, obviously, I knew who Scottie Pippen was and like you know, that was cool to have kind of a legendary player come to our our basketball team, which then happened to be, you know, very good. Um, and so that summer I was living on campus um, and taking classes over the summer. And um, my friends and I watched the whole um, Portland Lakers series um, and really like developed some affinities for some players on the team, Arvita Sabonis in particular, just so like um really relate to like if I were a professional basketball player basketball player I think that that, that I might have a similar <laughs> graceless style um but uh but then you know like basketball you know no basketball is fun like going to live sports is fun I I've never been a person who wants to watch sports on TV with the exception of like the strictly like Olympics kind of sports you know like Olympic figure skating as a kid, I was glued to the TV, like rhythmic gymnastics. I'm totally into it. Um, synchronized swimming. Uh, absolutely. Um, dressage, strangely riveting. Um, used to watch golf with my grandparents. And then in college I would watch it when I had a hangover, but like, I'm not, I'm not a person who's going to sit down and watch a game on, on TV. Um, but live in person. Yeah. Um, hockey for sure. I definitely love baseball, but I'm also like, not the kind of person who, you know, like you, um, and other sports folks like you, I think fans is the wrong word, but like you have like an encyclopedic knowledge of like who played on what team when and what their stats were and then where they were drafted out of and what they, their college record had been like. And like for, for dozens of teams, of um, it's like a actually impressive, like sincerely impressive to me that um, you can just, you A, have that information and B, can recall it and C, can also like interpret it. Um, and I tr truly don't know if there's any subject 
that I have that that depth of just factual like data contained song lyrics maybe I don't know um but uh but then basketball sort of like became our lives and the truth is that like I do enjoy watching basketball um again not on television um but I you know I like going to a basketball game I enjoy I enjoy like the the whole arena experience and but in terms of like the sport itself it's kind of (laughs) it's kind of secondary to just you know being in a place sharing a group experience with people sorry no it's that's understandable this reminds in 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 law school my best friend in 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 law school um uh shout out to amanda what up amanda uh, uh um she her and i we we i went to the university of minnesota and we would get like a um she she and i would split like a like a 10 game package or something like that and we would uh the start of each year, it's like, okay, which games do we want to go to? Like, and I was thinking, okay, who do we want to see them play against? Do we want to, you know, this was, uh, this was like early, this was early mid 2000s. So it's like, okay, Lakers, because the Lakers were good. And, and, you know, who else is good at the time? Like Pistons, but the Pistons weren't fun. So, but they're good. So do you want to see them? I don't know. Uh, and then she was like, well, I want to make sure we go to the game that has the dogs, the dog races at halftime. And so I called yeah. up the ticket ref. I called up the ticket rep and get, put that request in. He's like, I've never got that one before. Let me check. And so we managed to make sure our package had uh, Zippy was, was her favorite dog. It was a little like Chihuahua. or like. Listen, like, if Steve Max it. is doing your I am there. 100%. Um, yeah, no, I get that. Like, I, I also, I mean, there are certain players that I like. Like, if Malcolm Brogdon's going to be in town, yeah, I want, I would like to go see that game. I love Malcolm Brogdon. Um, for par exemple, if, if we, if I might take this bilingual. Um, but yeah, in terms of like the, yeah, the, the artistry and the interplay and the, you know, I just, I remember like sitting, we, for the playoffs one year with the, Bucks. we had for some reason we had a suite i don't know sometimes we did sometimes we didn't um and i was in a suite with a couple of other um it was basically like everyone from the every mom from the front office who had young children and we were like in this suite together and like all of the kids who were old enough to know that we were at a basketball game were kind of like you know eating nachos in the front row of seats and like cheering and trying to get on the jumbotron um and um and the couple of other women who were in there the wives um the wags um one um her husband had played in the league and the other one had worked in the league herself and they were like talking about the game and the you know this person had turned it over and this and that and like well if you think about you know his like background and you know this i'm like i do not speak the language of anyone in this room because everyone here is like either small children or babies or actually knows what they're talking about with basketball um and i i can confidently say that um i was easily the least basketball savvy person ever to come through the Milwaukee Bucks family room for sure. Like I've, I've absorbed nothing. I still, (laughs) still, still do not know what a pick and roll is. And you've explained it to me probably 17 times and I don't know. And I think it's because I just truly don't care. 
I don't care. <sighs> That's fine. That's I just fair. want, I just, you know, I just, I want a drink and um, maybe some popcorn and um, to see Red Panda and like, uh, you know, dancing, dancing grannies um, and basketball in between all that stuff. Yeah, you're basically who the t-shirt cannon is for. I love a t-shirt cannon. Oh my God. I will say though, like you might remember this um, because I went, I used to be on the national alumni board at the University of Portland and I went back from like my last meeting, which was right before we moved to Milwaukee. Coincidentally, Terry Porter had just been named coach of the men's basketball program um, at UP, an arrangement that did not last, but um, we were getting ready to move to Milwaukee um, and I had gone down to this meeting and then the board went to, um, um, men, the pilots men's basketball game after. And I remember sitting there, um, and <laughs> watching the game and thinking to myself and realizing, and I think I told you this, like, Oh, this is not good basketball. Like I, so I guess I do absorb some things because I was able to like, look at that and be like, this, um, this is, I can now tell the difference between basketball that is being played well and basketball that is being played certainly at a much higher level than the vast majority of people could play it, but not at a professional level. Okay. So, so I can like, be taught. Yeah. No, that, that, that all tracks, I suppose. Um, and you know, in some ways I think that's, that's, that's healthy. I think that this is something that I certainly experienced. And I know you did when you're talking about sort of the other, other families is it's very, it's the, it's the closest human equivalent to the parable of like the, the frog boiled slowly. Like the people who have come up as like the family of, of people who are players or coaches or execs, mm -hmm. like the insanity of the lifestyle has sort of just been built into their lives. And it's like, we were in our mid and late thirties when we didn't, yeah. what, what, what is this? What the hell is and, this? And this? That burned. Why are we, and you're, you're, you're just taking the rest of you seem like you're taking us taking like a, you know, a, a steam bath, but really that's quite hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially like, you know, some of these, um, the players, mom, you know, they, who moved to wherever they end up playing. And then if they, get traded in the middle of the season than the mom who may have also like in some cases they've got like younger siblings who still live at home or like then they have to decide well am I uproot my life and like follow my son or what do I do here I mean you've got families where the um team that is they don't move the family to like the new city. So then they're going back and forth. We've known a couple of a few people like that. It's just your, um, it is, it is such a, such a, around this one person in their family who is living their dream, which is pretty awesome. But like there's, there is a tremendous amount of sacrifice and there's a, um, just like a huge amount of sort of like flexibility that you have to have and like willingness to just jump into the unknown and, and uproot your life. 
None of those guys are overpaid, is what I'll say. Based by it's funny because um, I, I, I like I was trying to. Uh, uh, you you actually were, were breaking up through a lot of oh, this, so I'm not really sure. good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, oh, so, I said very, so many very, profound very, things. I know, and it's it's all on the cutting room floor. So let's uh, <sighs> let, let, let's move let's move on to lighter topics because apparently Colin the app does not uh, does not does not it care doesn't want me to get your, real. Uh, no, no, doesn't want you to get real. So get um, back to glitter, lady. Uh, um, so we're gonna go see. Um, we have we have a we have a, a grandparent coming soon to to who can in part watch the children. So we're gonna go see Top Gun this weekend. You are not a Tom Cruise fan. This is gonna be the first Tom Cruise movie you've seen in the theaters since when? <laughs> I was gonna say seven seconds. years in Tibet, but that's Brad Pitt. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it's been a thing. Since, since he was a different actor. Is what, <laughs> exactly. Um, I truly don't know when the last time I went, paid money to see a Tom Cruise movie was. Um, and it's, you know, I, I don't want to get into, like, all the various, like, why of it. Um, but, you know, it religion may or may not have something to do with it. Um so yes, no, I haven't seen a Tom Cruise movie in a long time, but um, but when, but God damn it, Top Gun just yeah, you know I'm a product of my generation, and like when the Maverick trailer dropped, and they give you that slow little like guitar solo of the Top Gun theme at the end, I felt that in every cell in my body, and my God, yes, I'm going to see Maverick in the theater. That's like, yeah, that, that use in the trailer was, um, oh, the only thing I can God. compare it to is, and you haven't seen, you, I don't think you've seen this movie, but there's, you know, they don't use the, much of the Rocky music in the Creed franchise, but there's like a moment at the conclusion, like where he's, where, where they do the where, trumpet thing, where it, where it just very, like, as he stands up in a lot, he just said like, Okay, I'm gonna go knock him down now. He stands up and just that like trumpet bit hits, and you're yeah. ready to run through a goddamn wall because yeah. it's like let's go, let's run up some stairs and jump around. Yeah, um, like I have, I have seen. Uh, I think I've seen the first Rocky movie, and I have seen zero other Rocky movies in their entirety. But yes, I think that would that would get even me. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that that I was. I, I think you you probably like me when the trailers first came out it's like ooh, and then you're like oh that's it's gonna be terrible though right and then it gets it got delayed for you know a couple times and some of that was covid and some of that was if a movie gets delayed this many times that's usually not a great sign they're uh, redrawing and, the hedgehog yeah well I, well i think we should get to that too in a second uh go see both sonic the hedgehog movies they're great they're uh, actually <laughs> oh I, I i'm not even like i'm not even like kidding uh, you know so, what I was thinking, though? Like, what would be really great, like, for Sonic 3, could it be an X-Men crossover? I mean, so does that mean, Because like, Cyclops Sonic is already there. Oh, that's too much. Um, yeah, but that but that version of Cyclops got, like, disintegrated in one of their terrible attempts to do the Dark Phoenix saga. So, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if James Marsden can, can, can go back. 
Well, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a superhero movie, Seth, but no. uh, they managed to bring people back from a, a lot of dead things. As as we're doing our our, our your, your rewatching Agents of Shield for like the fourth time is one millionth Phil, time. Phil Coulson has died. Yeah, who knows how many times. Um, right. There's actually there's a joke about that, and like spoiler alert, but in the in the series finale of Agents of Shield, like they joke about how many of them have died. More, more than one. Um, anyway, so we're so regardless. We're like this. Oh, this is you know, it. You know, it's it's old intellectual property and Tom Cruise vanity project, and it's been delayed. This is gonna suck. And then you start to see the reviews come out, and I don't think I've ever seen a movie get more like universal acclaim, despite the fact that it's the kind of movie where certain kinds of critics are going in primed to shit on it. And so I feel like we are being compelled to, you know, revisit our youth, basically. Can I ask a question, though? Yes. I thought that this show was supposed to be about me, and we're spending a lot of time talking about Tom Cruise. Okay. Sorry. I, I... <laughs> okay. Uh, where? <laughs> I'm sorry. Which, uh, which, which, which turn does your nav, nav system want to, to take here? Your, your Irish-voiced... Uh, the uh, nav system. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought the point of this uh, aren't there. You know, the p- people are supposed to have questions. I see. There's a comment about uh, how you married the genius wife. That was actually a good call on your part. Um, you didn't. Th- P.S. By the way, Seth did not think that uh, he was ready to get married before he met me. Um, and in fact, I think even after we got engaged, Seth was not entirely sure that he was ready to be married, but, uh, it worked out okay. So in your face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Boom. Um, Roasted. That's, that's a, that's an, that's an interesting dunk, but okay. So again, what would you like to discuss tonight? Um, I don't know. I had some questions on Twitter. If I close this app, is, is it going to take me off? No. You can, you I won't. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Let's test yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open Twitter and go to the questions from the fans. And by the fans, I mean our mutuals. Let's see. What is the second best Spice Girls song and why is it to become one? Actually, incorrect. The second best Spice Girls song is probably, you know what? It's a tie. It is a tie between Too Much, which was a slow jam that they used to open the Spice World movie. It's from the Spice World album. It's really good. And uh, If You Can't Dance, which is the final track on the Spice album, which includes uh, Ginger Spice rapping in Spanish. And the baseline from the Humpty Dance, so that's literally unbeatable. Speaking of Ginger Spice, I feel I. I oh my I, god, are we going to talk about Formula yeah, oh, One? No, I just like I, like it, it, no, I just it, I I feel like I almost I almost hooked you because of the Ginger Spice, uh, and then it's just like oh that's cool, but this still yeah, but sucks. then it was just car racing. Yeah. Like, like, if if it were car racing and also she sang Spice Girls songs, I would 100% watch it with you. <laughs> but there are no musical numbers in Formula One, PSA, turns out. So, 
that it was a noble effort to like it was a noble attempt to get me interested but um the instant she walked off camera i'm just like yeah. where's, where's i the think fun? G- given given what i know of your taste in 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 dare i say tra- trashy reality programming uh, i think you would you would be amused by the sheer cattiness of of a lot of the uh the the drive to survive documentaries um including in the the main villain is in fact uh, Christian Horner, Ginger Spice's husband, who is um, basically it's a star turn. He is the he is one of the great sports heels around right now. Um, but in the event, um, maybe maybe some other time uh, we, can, we can get you to, to 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 dip your toes into that. Yes, what I really need is to be exposed to yet another all-consuming <laughs> sport that I'm not interested in. Fair Where enough. do I sign up? Okay, that is worth a shot. <laughs> um, probably wasn't worth a shot. It's, it's a it's a low probability shot. Poor shot quality there. Listen, you have lots of uh, sports friends who fulfill your need to like be nerdy about sports with. Um, that's simply not a need that this wife can fulfill for you. <laughs> and I Fair. feel like uh, both of us recognizing that is healthy for the development of our relationship. Are, are you suggesting that, that that's, that's something I need to learn or something that I actually realize? I mean, you've got like 8 million Twitter followers. Like, no, I bet I'm about Formula One. <laughs> and I, an egg can come back and be like, it's actually pronounced Formula One. I have 13 followers. I've seen yeah. your replies. They're trash. Yeah, well, it's, it, just wait till the Dicks fans find me. I was actually just going to mention Nick's fans. <laughs> please. Thoughts. But I shan't. No, thoughts, please. As a, I, as a I, former I, New Yorker, I'm going to refrain from that no, one. No, actually, that's a, even better. Please, your, your, your thoughts on, on my, uh, my, my, my love-hate relationship with the, with the, the online denizens of, of Nick's nation. Listen, here's the thing, guys. Regardless of what team you support, um, all of your clicks turn into money in our bank account. So say whatever you want. That's not the... <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that wasn't that's what not, you were looking for? That's not, that, no, that, that's, <laughs> that, 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 that's not advice geared towards making my experience more pleasant. A hate oh. listen is still a listen. A download is a download. Yeah, that's fair. You've, uh, you've tapped into the... Did I mention that I used to be the uh, head of advertising for... A uh, news organization. Yeah, but then I get that. Well, I would read your i I would read your trash article. But it's behind, behind the paywall. Yeah, I saw yeah, there was there, something saw, about that too. Yeah, I, I I saw something the other day. Uh, James Edwards, who's one of the the real good up and coming writers, uh, the Pistons beat writer at the Athletic, was someone had gotten his like he's got no credibility, and he's like, well, no, I this this move that I said would happen happened, so I have some credibility. He's like. I'll believe you have credibility when your article isn't behind a paywall. It's like, what? Because I get, I because right. I get paid because people pay money to read my articles. Like Bob Woodward's articles are behind paywalls. Too. Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you know what? Here's the problem: is that it's in. I, we're going to tap into like an area of actual expertise now. I'm sorry. Oh, no, um, I, that's what I was going for. Please. The New York Times basically fucked over the news business 
at the dawn of the internet era because they put content online without a paywall because paywalls didn't really exist yet. Um, and then everybody else followed suit. And so people got really used to reading content for free. And then after that had gone on for a while, all the news publishers said, oh, no, wait, this Internet thing is not a fad. We can't. This is not sustainable. Everyone is going on the Internet. Um, we got to charge for it. And so then paywall started to go up because um, contrary to popular belief, it does, in fact, cost money to produce news for the Internet. Um and then people like, but everyone at that the, point, the was paper so- was not the, is not the big expense. The paper is expensive, yeah. but it's not the big expense. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, like there's, yeah, people were just super used to getting content for free and then became resentful of it. And, and it makes no sense if you think about it, like the internet is not, I mean, TV, you don't pay for TV news, you know, with the exception of cable news, if um, we can call that news, um, because it's paid for by advertising. Um, and advertising should also pay for um, online. It's a complex, it's a complex formula that well, I didn't but, manage um, to crack. But like, here's the thing. Yeah. You don't walk up to a newsstand and say, give me a newspaper for free. Neither, you know, so the the expectation that you should just be given news for free is really unrealistic. And once you took away the physical object, then people are like, well, you don't have to, you should be able to just produce it. Like, you don't have to pay for paper, you don't have to pay for ink, you don't have to pay for delivery, but you still have to pay for hosting. You still have to pay journalists. You have to pay, um, you know, digital development teams. Like, all of that costs money. And to get back to, like, where I was actually, where I started with all this... If the New York Times, the, um, you know, which is sort of like the the head of the newspaper click, um, the trendsetter, um, as strange as it feels to say that, but like in terms of the news business, if the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, if all of those news organizations had just paywalled from the beginning of the internet, uh, I think we would be, we would have a, a, collectively as a society have a very different sort of like feeling about paywalls because no one expects to get like sports illustrated in your mailbox for free but we do expect that we should be able to read actually i don't even know if the sports illustrated still publish (laughs) no one's getting sports illustrated in their mailbox at all anymore like shout out to maven good job there um fine espn that's a magazine now right no Um, they they stopped Oh my god! Yeah. They stopped. Well, I think print is. Di- I think print might be dying, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people have been saying it since about 1996, and they're you know right now. Uh, they were yeah. right then too. But um, so that's a there's a there's a there's kind of a sliding doors thing there, which sort of you know in many ways directly affects us because th- if there's one thing sort of the free content model did, it did allow this sort of like ecosystem of sort of blogging and commentary and stuff like that to sort of grow up around. And I don't know if there, if it had been a sort of thing where you freely linking out to like source material, I don't know if that would have, that would have developed in quite the same way. And just wondering how the whole thing is different. If, if that's yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, the internet is like, was so just like, 
I mean, we watched it. We watched it in real time, like become a thing, right? And like, um, in in retrospect, like we, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, well, this is how it should have happened. But but no one knew. Like we did not know that Al Gore's internet was going to turn into like. Well, like, okay, you and I were having this conversation the other day, and I'm going to manage to bring in one of my other niche areas of interest. Josh Duggar, disgraced former reality television star Josh Duggar, uh, formerly of uh, 19 Kids and Counting, formerly of 18 Kids and Counting, formerly of 17 Kids of Counting, formerly of 16 Kids and On the Road, formerly of 15 Kids and Moving In, formerly of 14 Kids and Growing. Um, That's a little frightening that you can just rattle that off, actually. Well, but they're a part of the cultural zeitgeist. No, you, oh, by the way, by Keep the way, you were, you were saying you were saying earlier about like me having like a recall of 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 like like your recall of like the ins and outs of like these like really quite terrifying reality show families is probably probably uh, rivals that. Yeah, but I just named like eight TV specials and series. I didn't name like john stockton's college roommates younger brothers second round draft draw that's a which thing. is probably a thing that you know it's, i don't it's, know it's definitely all it's those, all definitely those things real are, thing all, all those th- i know john stockton's a real thing yeah, um anyway he was just he's a horrible human being josh duggar not john well <clears throat> you know what josh let's stick to josh duggar um just in case my godfather is listening to this, uh, Josh Duggar um, convicted, done a lot of bad things, convicted, you know, for um, possessing some of the worst child sexual abuse material that exists on the internet um, and was sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison and then 20 years of supervised release when he gets out. One of the conditions of which is that he is not allowed um to use the internet during his parole. So like, imagine how many, like just, just blows my mind. Like think about how much we do online today. Think about how much more we do online today than we did 12 and a half years ago. Think 12 and a half years in the future and then tell someone, right. And then tell someone, and you're not going to be able to do the internet for 20 years. Um, Which is just, I think, possibly unenforceable um but like we we did not know we didn't we didn't know what was gonna be like this youngs we did not know i still remember when my parents got wi-fi when i was in college and my mom called me to talk about how my dad was bragging about walking around the house with a laptop in his hands using the internet in the living room using the internet in the family room oh now he's using the internet on the back porch um that's not where i thought you were going with that Oh, you thought he was going to the bathroom just because oh, yeah. my dad spent so much time in the bathroom? Wow. Glass houses, Pally. Um, but we didn't know. We didn't know. We did not know we would be carrying the internet around in our pockets. We didn't know. We didn't know any of this stuff. We're so sorry. I had nothing to do with any of it. Um, but I, I'll apologize anyway because we collectively as a culture just really kind of fucked up a lot of things with the internet. And here we are on it, complaining about it. Which is, you know, so meta. Yeah, but not like what the Sheryl Sandberg kind of. Yeah, now meta. We, we can't even say meta. Anymore. Now meta. Is I know. Oh my god, we've ruined everything. I just, it's, I, I, it's no wonder the TikTok teens hate us. They should. Yeah. We're the worst. Well, 
you know, we did, you know, we're, we're not quite Malens, but they, uh, they did, we and they did like, you know, we killed restaurants everything. and whatever, yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything. We killed everything. Yeah. Um, uh, Brad had a question who was, he was just saying, uh, in terms of the, the paywall and the new stuff, just wondering if, yeah, how much like Napster changed the, the, um, whether like the, oh, it's free. Oh um, yeah. Napster. Though I think, I do think, I think that I, I, I thought at the time and I think that the, that the, you know, the, the, the pre Spotify success of Apple music, um, showed that if, if, if they had made it easy to, you know, I would I, I would have paid ninety nine cents for Mambo number five or something like that. But I wasn't yeah. buying a whole Lou Bega album. So right. like yeah, yeah, like I no, I did not actually Napster Mambo number five. Um I was Didn't just you? Like, no, I really didn't. I'm, okay. Um trying to remember what like exactly what the equivalent would be. Um there was of the, Mambo the, number five or Napster. No, no, like what that sort of the, the song of like that era, that that like in that sort of there was the um uh there was the the um uh, uh like the the sting song with the with the um with the Moroccan uh singer doing the Oh yeah Desert Rose Yeah yeah that was that was like that and like the, You would have like paid a, 99 cents for that? Yeah well, yeah but I got it for free on on Napster like that and there was like a like an like a uh when when uh, Stiff Upper Lip, the ACDC album came out, there was like a ripped version from like Australian morning radio, and so that was the version of Stiff Upper Lip I had for you know a number of years. Was 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 this was uh, some like you know Australian morning radio show introducing the new like the the world premiere of of ACDC's new hit? Um, so yeah, wow, because was... it was because you know and also I was you know this was like you know, 2000 and 2001. And I was, you know, I, 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 my first job was for a startup that paid me in stock, which was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pre-bubble. Yeah. Um, here's speaking of downloading music from the internet and the way we used to do things and then ruined everything. Um, cause I do think the Napster thing is, um, yes, that's part of the whole, Part of a whole mess, right? Like if Apple, if if the iTunes store had existed, yeah, we would have paid probably ninety nine cents for a song, but it didn't. So, and and the morals of the internet took a long time to sort of sort out. You know, pre DMCA, like what what is copying and what is where are the lines on copyright? And um, it should have been a really interesting time to be a, a studying journalism. Um, and yet, I mostly just learned about how to. Right in that graph. Um, but he, I'm, I'm about to blow the minds of, um, of the youngs. So I hope there are some listening. <laughs> there was um, a service, and I don't remember now what it was called. Um, but like, I know I was in college. I was probably like a sophomore or junior in college. Um, where they... Like, we were still mixtape. We were still making mixtapes at that point, right? Like, some people were making, were burning CDs, but we were in that in-between time. Like, everyone had VHS and DVD. You were making mixtapes or you were burning CDs and, you know. Do you remember mini-discs? That was a thing for Yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. Um, But there was, in the midst of all this, there was a website that would let you, um, they had a limited library of songs 
and you could pay them it was some stupid amount of it was like i don't know 25 dollars or something which was like seems strange to see this but to say this but it was like you know that was a lot of money back then um Oh my god, this conversation is making me super old. Uh, but you could pick out your songs, and then they would make a CD of them for you and mail it to you in the mail. Um, I, I I purchased CDs from this. Uh, did you? So did yeah, I. Yeah, I still have I think, songs I from one of think them. That, I think that we did like we had like a. Uh, one of the, I want to say my junior year in college, like we made like a like a hype mix for the for the, <laughs> the Carlton Ultimate Team, and I think that I think like whoever was in charge of it like collected it all together and like ordered and like got like like the like a like a the CD with like the the team logo on it and stuff like that. Nice. And that was, and that was passed around. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine definitely had. I still like... remember. I still remember what what a big chunk of the songs were. Uh, sadly. Mine had a dance remix of Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, for okay. sure. Okay. Um, and I don't remember what else. Right. Um, it, let me see. Uh, Bulls on Parade featured prominently um, uh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails was somehow a <laughs> big hype song. Like, listen, that um, they used to play that at all our high school dances. And yeah, now I, uh, I actually like was listening to it the other day. I'm like, oh, I cannot have this in the car while the children are here. <laughs> There is no clean version of this song. Uh, tub thumping, which was, you know. Naturally. Oh, God. My next door neighbor, my freshman year of college, Cleo McReynolds, played that super loud blowout hour every night of finals week until I just wanted to stab her in the face. Okay. Um, but I like it now. It's a good song. You know, uh, it's, it's retro now. Um, one hit wonders. Yay. Um, anyway, like, so, well, like, and that's, those are the people who got, like, screwed by, like, not having, like, you know, bite-sized, you know, purchase. Like, like there's, I think... Micropayments, we call yeah. them, micropayments. Yeah, thank you. There's, a, like, loot crates in the, in the gaming world. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of artists who've done, you know, pretty well for themselves by having one song that sells, you know, X tens of thousands of downloads on something. And, and you know, instead it was like, okay, well, either it gets played everywhere on the radio or no one buys it because no one's paying 16 bucks for just that one right. song. Kids today don't know. They don't know. Like, if you heard a song on the radio that you liked, first of all... Kazaa, so you didn't... Yeah, you like, couldn't Shazam it. Like, you yeah. had to hope and pray it's that Shazam, the DJ... Kazaa. Kazaa was right, like the, the Napster... Repli- Kazaa was like the Napster... Like the, like the pre-LimeWire second yeah. iteration of, of Napster. Um, but you had to, like, first of all, you had to get to the mall somehow. So, like, either you had to get someone to drive you or you had to take the bus or, like, so you had to get to the mall, which was, like, an event, and get yourself to Musicland or Sam Goody or, um, Robert Joe's. Is that what the one was in Anchorage? Robert? Oh, man. Robert Joe. I think it was Robert Joe's. Anyway, you had to go to the record store. Uh, and, um, if you were like really lucky, Damn like the when man I lived, saved the empire, but, right. When yeah. I lived in New York in the early two thousands, like I could go to a Virgin megastore and go to a listening tower and like put on headphones and listen to samples of some of the CDs that were in the store, but not all of them. Um, but then you had to decide, okay, do I like the song, uh, truly madly deeply enough to buy 
an entire Savage Garden album for $20, (laughs) which, again, was a lot of money back then. Um, Like, do I truly, do I want to own this entire album, which has one or two songs on it that I will like, and maybe one more song that I might also kind of like, like maybe there's a sleeper on there, but then, like, seven to ten other songs that I will never really listen to and then the only way to get all the songs that I want to listen to in an order that I want to listen to them in is to put them on a mixtape which is like a whole Saturday afternoon project um and you had to do it uphill both ways in the snow with no shoes mm. do we have any more clouds to yell at or is there like, I feel right like we, I'm I feel shaking like my fist Iran-Contra somehow. I don't know. I just needed to no. throw in, like, another dated reference to something no one remembers. We're, we're, you know, a burning piano away from we didn't start the fire at this point. We literally um, did not, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Leonard got, Brezhnev. Okay. Is there any? No, that's... Uh, that's the end of the world as we know it. That's a different. That's that's that's. That's, that's a different to. society as fucked song. Yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is this has gone completely. This has gone off the rails even more than I expected it. To. Okay. So, so gonna, here's here's yeah, what I want to yeah. do. I I okay. I, I am um, so I am obviously like a natural podcaster, and I know that everyone who's listening right now is just like, oh my god, I want to hear this woman talk all day, every day, nonstop. But I've had like a few ideas for podcasts over the year, and I just want to like bounce them off your audience to see what people think okay so um so my first idea for a podcast is this i have downstairs my childhood diaries including my super angsty like teen middle school years um where i'm pretty sure there's like a detailed record keeping of who was asking out who and like Anyway, um, the the goings on of the social strata at Wendler Junior High School, um, a podcast where every episode I revisit an entry from one of those diaries uh, and offer some context and interpretation. That sounds, um, like the, that sounds like. Would you call it the cringe cast? Like, um, I was thinking about just calling it Junior High Sucks. Um, <laughs> Which then, you know, could explain, like, I write the book version and, like, maybe it becomes, I don't know. Anyway, um, then the other idea that I had was a podcast that's just called um, Let's Google It. Um, because I really feel like internet literacy is a um, among U.S. Americans today, despite the abundance of maps, like, people can't fucking tell good information from bad, like, so, like, taking a thing, an idea or a question, like, maybe it's a call-in show, maybe people call in and be like, hi, I was wondering about this topic, right? And then we say, well, let's Google it, and then walk through the process of, like, Googling it and seeing what we learn and weeding out good information from bad, but in, like, a really entertaining way. Anyway, those are my two really good podcast ideas. Would you tr- no, I, would no, you no listen the, to, would would you listen to those podcasts if it weren't your wife? The first one sounds like whether it's my wife or anyone so I mean you you know how how well I deal with like cringe anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, no you you don't do Fontrum at all. No, and and so that's just like I'm I like I Seth I is like just just so everyone knows Seth is like secondhand embarrassed for everyone all the time like to a near crippling extent. 
if you've done something awkward in his presence, he um, probably doesn't remember it, but he, like, remembers the feeling that he had for you. <laughs> yeah, and so just like that... <laughs> I probably do remember it as we've we've established. <laughs> it's cataloged away. Does I remember that time where you said, "Yeah, where you, you where you called the teacher mom?" Yeah, that was terrible. Is um, that like you know how other like normal people lie awake at night when they're trying to get to sleep and like replay their own embarrassing moments? Do you replay other people's embarrassing moments? No, I play replay my mind. So I okay. like I so I no I remember like like you know it's it, yeah it's a lot of that. Um, but anyway, this, but it sounds like, you know, the, the, the sort of the, the Noah Baumbach sort of like, Ooh, this is, this is uncomfortable. I can't watch what I'm watching and it's entertaining. Like, no, I never, like, that's just like, I just, I just want to look away. Like it's, it's all, it's between that and like a horror movie where like shit jump, like the cheating horror movies where like stuff jumps into frame because like, it's, you know. The, the, the forced perspective of how they've chosen to look at things. like hey, Oh, right. you mean like that yeah. time that your stepmom told us to go oh, see God. a really hilarious movie called Baghead that oh, turned so- out to be the like, worst horror movie? It wasn't good. It was not good. It, it was not th- a good movie, and we had been told it was funny, and it was, in fact, not funny. It was scary. Yeah. The, he yeah. had a bag on his head. Yeah. At a cabin um, in the woods. It's the second worst movie recommendation we got during those times. The first. Oh yeah, movie, the other Bowling Girl. The other Bowling Girl, which yeah, is like, not a hot movie. Yeah, the way it was described to us was basically like, "Oh, it's the first season of Bridgerton," is 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 how it was described to us, and then it was just this like turgid like. There was nothing know, sexy about that movie. No, like yeah. No. Anyway, um, yeah. Um, I feel like we've done good work here. I feel like this has gone far less disastrously for me than it could. I feel like I've directed this well, so I'm going to cut it off soon. I'm <laughs> sorry. Did you think you were in charge of this? That's adorable. <laughs> well, I have the button that says end room, so I can sort of just like make it go. Oh, damn it. You are in charge of it. <laughs> no, Foiled is, again. It's almost like an engineer did that. Way. Smash the patriarchy. Well, you know, you're, you are free to, to start your own and, and see. Yet again, a cisgender white man has stood in the way of me speaking my truth. Have I? I mean, you've got the button. Well, on that note, I think I'm going to use it. <laughs> um, uh, thanks. Um, this, this was actually kind of fun. I was, I was frightened beforehand. This was fun. Uh, thanks, but, Colin, people. Yeah. With the with the NBA finals starting tomorrow, I am going to be doing uh, post game very different shows, uh, post game reactions after each one of them. Um, uh, I, I did not ask Maya if she would like to join me. In no, he already knows what my post game reaction is. It's going to be it's going to be being asleep. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the friend of the program, Kosta Medvedovsky is coming on tomorrow, and we have uh, we have different folks coming on to do them after every game. So. Around midnight Eastern tomorrow, which is probably a half hour or so, 15 minutes after the, the game is likely to end. So speak to you folks then. Thanks for listening. Um, if you did listen and you like this and you want to Maya to come back sometime and give more thoughts, uh, drop a note. Let me know. Uh, and if, if you don't, nobody asked you. Exactly. So thank you for listening um, to what was a uh, enlightening hour. And I will talk to you all later. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm going to hit this thumbs up button. On that note.
Bye.